tonight that uh, the Lord's given us a song to sing. Amen. Take your Bibles tonight. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter number 6. Nehemiah chapter number 6. And uh, uh, Wednesday night, uh, Brother Rudy uh, taught uh, through the first several books, of, uh, several chapters of Nehemiah, and I uh, um, noticed something while he was teaching on Wednesday night, something that stirred something back to my remembrance. And uh, I uh, went back and looked at it a little bit today, and I'm going to share it with you tonight. Pray the Lord to help us. Nehemiah chapter number 6. And uh, I want to say this, it sure is a blessing to have my grandparents here with us tonight. Amen. Amen. And they surprised me tonight. And uh, I, um, I'm a man on a mission. I've got jalapeno cornbread in the car. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and jalapeno cornbread good, but it ain't good cold. Amen. <laughs> Y'all are looking at it. Amen. Nehemiah chapter number six. And then we're going to begin reading in verse number one. And then I'll give you a little bit of a, a backdrop of what's going on. Well, let's do that first. So you know what's going on in chapter number six. I know some of you weren't able to be here Wednesday night, some uh, was out uh, with the young people Wednesday night, and so you may not have been able to hear uh, what was taught on on Wednesday night. Uh, but you know that Nehemiah in chapter number one, he's the cupbearer. Uh, he's the one there who uh, is, I guess you could say it, he's very close to the king there. And uh, he's the one that his job is not one that uh, you would necessarily want because in being a cupbearer, it was his duty uh, to make sure that he tested uh, anything that went before and went to the king. And, and what that sometimes means is, is that if somebody was trying to poison the king, well, they would know that the king, somebody was trying to poison the king because the cupbearer would uh, face the consequences from that. And that was something that was put into place to keep the, uh, to keep the king out of harm's way. Uh, but we find in Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, Nehemiah uh, gets new word how that the walls of the city of Jerusalem had been torn down. And so we begin to note in chapter 1, we notice that Nehemiah began to pray. No doubt Nehemiah prayed several times uh, through the book of Nehemiah. Uh, but in chapter 1, he begins to pray and begins that, uh, that God would uh, God begin to stir his heart and God begin to work on him. And in chapter number 2, we begin to notice how that he talks about the place and uh, the place that God was going to send him. And he talks about how the walls are tore down and how about the enemy is, uh, the, the Jerusalem there is, uh, is just a prey for the enemy because those walls uh, were a means of protection for God's people. And then we begin to notice in chapter 3, we begin to notice the plan. And uh, let me just say this, I'm glad, uh, thank God for God's plan. Amen. And I'm glad tonight when God uh, begins to deal with your heart about doing something, you may not understand the plan, you may not know the plan in its full content, but I'm glad there is a God that does have a plan, and I'm glad tonight everything is going, I'm thankful according to His plan. And so we see chapter 3 talks about the plan, but then there occurs a problem in chapter 4 and chapter 5. And we find that there's an enemy that arises. Now you know uh, just as well that any time that God begins to work, there's always uh, going to be an enemy that's going to make His presence known. And when you begin to look at that, you'll find that there's the enemy of the name of Sanballat and Tobiah. And that they begin to uh, begin to be a snare in Nehemiah and the children of Israel working to build the wall. They're the enemy there. 
And so as I begin to notice that, they begin to try to hinder the work. They begin to try to discourage the work. They try to halt that which God has laid upon the heart of Nehemiah. Let me say this tonight. Uh, that just because you're in the will of God, doing the work of God, that does not mean you'll be resent, you'll have, uh, that you'll be uh, not experiencing the attacks of the enemy. Because any true work of God will always have a characteristic to it. What that characteristic is, it'll be the attack of the enemy. Amen? So we begin to notice in chapter number 6 is where I want to look at tonight. Chapter number 6. Nehemiah, look with me in verse number 1. It says, Now it came to pass, when Sambal, Dubai, and Geshem, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies, heard that I had built the wall, and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. Verse 2, That Sambal, and Geshem, son of me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why would the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. Then said Bible, the servant unto me, uh, servant unto me in like manner the fifth time with the open letter in his hand. Where it was written, it is reported among the heathen, Yesterday that saith it, that thou and the Jews think rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported to the king according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. Then I said unto them, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, that thou fainest them out of thine own heart. For they all made us for they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work, that it might not be done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. And afterward I came into the house of Shimei, the son of Deliah, and the son of Mehitabel. Y'all ought to pray for these parents and name these kids. Amen. <laughs> Who uh, was shut up as he said. Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, and night will they come to slay thee. And I said, Should a such a man as I flee, who is there that, being as I am, would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. And lo, I perceive that God had not sent him. But that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sambal had hired him. Let me just say this. I'm glad they got any true man sent for God, he's not for hire. Amen. 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 We find out here they hired him. That I should be afraid. Verse 13, therefore was he hired, that I should be afraid to do so in sin, and that they might have matter for an evil report, but they might reproach me. My God, think thou upon the pipe to buy him, and send him out according to these their works. And on the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. And so the wall was finished. In tweet and fifth day of the month Elu, in fifty and two days. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us, these things, there was much 
were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that the work was wrought by God. Moreover, in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters unto Bai, and the letters of Bai came unto them. For there were many in Judah sworn unto him, because he was the son in law of Shechaniah, and the son of Ari, the son of Jonathan, and taking the daughters of Meshulam, the son of Barakah. You say that seven times real fast, amen? And also reported his good deeds before me and uttered my words to him. Tobias sent letters to put me in fear. I want you to notice with me tonight, back with me in verse uh, number uh, 2 of chapter number 6. I want to draw a phrase out of this verse and keep your Bible open because we'll stay in the chapter. Uh, but look what it said in verse number 2. That said, Ballad and Gashem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they sought to do me mischief. We see here that Sanballat and Gashem and Nabai are wanting to get Nehemiah off the wall. They are wanting to get Nehemiah uh, to stop the work of God. But you got to like a man by Nehemiah who's got some fortitude about him. Amen? you got to like a man like Nehemiah who just will not quit. And so when we find in verse number 2, they say, Look, Nehemiah, come off the wall. Come down with us in one of the villages in the valley of Ono. This is what I want to preach on tonight. Because I believe the response of Nehemiah was this. Is he said, Oh no, to Oh no. Amen. He said, Oh no, to Oh no. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' dear name, we come tonight, Lord God, to touch us. We pray, Father, you help us. We need you tonight, Lord. I pray, God, you touch us. I pray you strengthen our bodies, strengthen our voice. Give us that whichever man of God needs. I need you tonight, Lord. I stand in a place where I do not desire to stand alone. And I pray tonight uh, that you hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Hide me in the cloak of my calling. I pray tonight, Father, that you may preach it exactly what you called and designed for it to be. I pray tonight, Lord God, you help each listener. I pray, Lord God, you work in their hearts as only as you can. Lord, you've arranged the atmosphere tonight. You knew who was going, going to be here uh, for such a time as this. Now I pray tonight, Lord, work in our hearts, and we'll give you the glory, and we'll give you the honor now for what you do. In Jesus' dear name, we ask these things. Amen and amen. Saying, oh no, to oh no. When I begin to think about oh no, you may just think of it as just a village uh, that really holds no significance uh, in your life. You may look here in verse number 2 and, and see that little plane of oh no, and just think of yourself, Though it's a plane, it's just real plain. There's nothing real special about oh no. But can I tell you something tonight? That oh no represented something in the life of Nehemiah that if he was going to go to oh no, there was going to be some things that it was going to result in. And let me say to you tonight that every one of us, God, has got a work for us to do. Amen. Every one of us, God, has got a designed job that He's called us to do. When I think about what the Lord has called me to do, to be a pastor of Mount Perrin Baptist Church, that's just not a task. That's just not an assignment that He just gave anybody. But the Lord saw fit, Brother Barry, to place me here for such a time as this. When you think about your life, God has got a job. God has got a duty. God has got a place that He desires for you to be. Let me say to you tonight, every one of us sometime or another will come in contact with the, with the temptation to come off where God's placed us and to go to the valley of Ono. 
say tonight, you better make your mind up that when that time comes, if it has not come already, that you'll say when that battle comes of oh no, you'll say oh no, I'm not going. Amen? What did oh no represent? Well, I show you what I believe it represented in the life of Nehemiah. We can say tonight that oh, oh no represented a place of compromise. You agree with me tonight? Think about it. In order for Nehemiah to go to Ono, that means that he would have had to negotiate with the enemy. Amen. And who all would agree with me tonight? We don't negotiate with terrorists. Amen. We don't negotiate with the enemy. And so in order for, uh, if, if Nehemiah comes off the wall, if Nehemiah stops the work, that would have meant that he started negotiating with the enemy. Let me say to you tonight, if we come off the wall, if we quit the work, if we quit doing what God has called us to do, you mark it down, that would be a place of compromise in our lives. We've got a lot in this hour that are compromising. They're leaving the place where God's placed them. They're backing up. They're, they're no longer being what God calls them to be. You go to Oh No, it's a place of compromise. How about this? Oh No, it's a place of comfort. Think about it. This wall, we're going to find out in the time period in which it was built, it's a miracle. And so that lets you know that there was hard work that went into building this wall. This was not some weakman's job. This was not something that was done half-heartedly. I imagine it was a very tiresome job. I imagine it was a very strenuous job. So could you imagine how comfortable it would have been just to come off the wall and go down to the valley of Ono? Can I tell you tonight, a lot of people leave from off the wall because of compromise, but a lot of people leave from off the wall because they find it as being a place of comfort. Amen? We're living in a day where people want to be comforted. You mark it down, if you want to be comforted, the devil will do everything in his power to make you comfortable. Let me say we find that if you come off the wall, it's a place of compromise, it's a place of comfort. But how about this tonight? It's a place of complacency. Thought about this. If he goes to the valley of Ono, Brother Barry, some would say, well, just let the walls stay the way it is. I mean, it's a whole lot better than the way you found it, Nehemiah. I mean, Nehemiah, when you got here, there wasn't no wall. So just come off the wall. I mean, you've done your best. I mean, you, 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 you've done more than what anybody else has done. I mean, you'll get a gold little star for being a good sport and doing your job. But the agreement tonight, partial obedience is still full disobedience. And there is a temptation in this hour just to come complacent. Not that you're backing up, not that you're going forward, but just stay right where you are and let the work stay just like it is. And I say, oh no, is a place of compromise. Oh no, is a place of comfort. Oh no, is a place of complacency. Let me say this tonight. Oh no, is a place of cowards. Amen. Ono is a place of cowards. You know what? If you go to Ono, you ain't got to worry about making anybody mad. Amen. If you go to Ono, listen, if you go to Ono, you're not going to have to worry about uh, dealing with Sambal no more. You're not going to have to worry about dealing with Tobiah uh, no more. You're not going to have to worry about dealing with Geshem no more. You know the reason why the enemy, listen, you know the reason why the enemy is not bothering some people? Because they ain't doing nothing for God. And listen to me tonight. If you're battling with the devil, or listen, if you're facing attack, if you're facing the temptation to quit, listen, the devil is not going to come bother you if you're not doing nothing for God. 
say, you know what? He comes on the scene with Nehemiah. He said, won't you come off the wall? Because listen, if you come off the wall, you ain't got to worry about the battle no more. You don't have to worry about uh, dealing with this flesh no more. You don't have to worry about being faithful to this or being faithful to that. Tonight, oh no, is a place of compromise. Oh no, it's a place of comfort. Oh no, it's a place of complacency. Oh no, it's a place of cowards. But you got to like a man by Nehemiah because you know what he said? He said, oh no, to the compromise. He said, oh no, to the comfort. He said, oh no, to the complacency. And thank God he said, oh no, to the cowards. Amen. Oh, listen, he made his mind up that he was going to say, oh no, to oh no. Let me say tonight, you better make your mind up. And when that time comes, if it hadn't already, that you say, oh no, when oh no presents itself. I want to show you this and I'll be done tonight. Uh, some things that he said oh no to. And we can see here the reason why he said oh no are the consequences to him saying oh no. I noticed this, brother Barry, that when Nehemiah said oh no to oh no, I began to notice that there was a satanic plan that was involved in this. See, the enemy was working behind the scenes to try to get Nehemiah off the wall. There was an enemy that was slithering around, that was working on a plan to try to hinder the work of God. I want to show you this. This will help you tonight. I want you to notice through this satanic plan, I noticed there was a subtle temptation. Listen, look what verse 2 says, chapter 6. That same navigation said to me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the plains in the, vill in the villages in the plain of Ono. Listen to this. But they thought to do me mischief. You see, they was acting like they was one of Nehemiah's friends. Nehemiah, just, just, just come off the wall. It's okay. Just come down here just for a little while and just let us talk. And it's okay. We can just uh, just have a little bit of time of, of comfort, just a little bit of time of complacency, just a little bit of time of compromise. You ain't listening. You've been working hard enough. Just, just come off the wall just for a little while. Come down here to the Valley of Ono and we'll just talk about it. Can I say to you, does that not sound like how the devil works? Now listen, the devil, the Bible talks about uh, that uh, he's, that he appears to be as an angel of light. He comes as a wolf in sheep's clothing. Listen, we think about the devil, our mind goes to a, a little pitchfork and a little pointed tail and a point of horns on top of his head. But hear me, and hear me well, when the devil comes, a lot of times it takes discernment to know if it's God or if it's the devil. Amen? Can I tell you, he comes with a subtle temptation. Is that not what he did in the garden? When he slid it up there to where Eve was at and began to whisper in her ears? Is that not how the devil works? How he comes in with subtlety? How he begins just to slither his way up to where you're at? He comes as trying to be your friend. Who all would agree with me that now the devil's not your friend? Devil comes with goals in mind. He comes to seek, to kill, and destroy. He's got a desire. He wants to wreck your life. Listen, he's the father of lies. He desires to hinder the work. He desires to halt the work. Listen, he desires to harm you. He desires to destroy your life. He's not going to come telling you what his goals are. He's not going to come tell you that, listen, I, my, my 
try to be your friend. You see, there's a subtle temptation. But when they found out that didn't work, there came a slander testimony. You know what they did? Verse 4 down through verse 9. The enemy begins to start accusations about Nehemiah that are not true. So that people won't listen to him. They go in there and they start talking about they said that the, we've heard this is what you're doing. You're trying to start your own little kingdom. You're trying to be the king. You're trying to you're, 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 you're trying to start up your own little uh, form of government. You're trying to do all this. You know what they did? They started sending out letters to run me and my down. Now I tell you tonight that I've seen this firsthand. How that somebody can slander the testimony of somebody else. Amen. When I say you not, we better watch our words. Amen. We better watch what we say. I'll never forget hearing uh, Papa, Brother Edgar Thomas said this one time. The man of God has passed on several, several years ago. He was talking about a preacher that he knew that preached in the area where he lived, pastor. Brother Joshi was talking about this preacher. There were some members in the church that didn't like this preacher, and they were trying to run him off. They were trying to hit the word. They were trying to halt the word. So what they did was they began to come up with a plan of how that they would slander this man's testimony. How that they would hinder this man so that, listen, if we can't get him to leave, then we'll just ruin his testimony where nobody's going to listen to him. So what they found was he was going to be leaving out to go preach a revival. And they knew what kind of vehicle he drove. So one of the men went and ran the vehicle and looked just like his. Went and parked that vehicle in the driveway of somebody who had a very wicked testimony in the community. Y'all with me tonight? Some lady that used the men didn't have no business being around. And they parked that car in that man's parking lot. Or in that woman in that woman's driveway. And called the biggest gossiper in the town. I find that very interesting. They didn't even call. Right. They called the biggest gossiper in town. They said, you ain't going to believe where the preacher's at. And you know what happened? That word began to spread through the community. Everybody began to talk about, I can't believe that preacher would do that. I can't believe that preacher would act that way. I can't believe what in the world is that preacher doing. Doesn't he know this? Doesn't he know that? Y'all bring it It wasn't even true. What ended up happening was that preacher tried his best to, to combat those slanders. He tried his best to, to put out every little fire. He tried his best to prove that it wasn't true. But through all the accusations, through all that almost caused him his ministry, caused him all these things, his testimony, one Sunday morning he was up preaching. And they began to notice how pale he looked. And all of a sudden, 40 years, he grabbed his chest. He fell over dead with a heart attack. Brother Edgar Thomas said this. He said, that church killed that preacher. He said, you know how they killed him? They killed him with his word, with their words. Right. Now, I tell you not, our words hold weight. Amen. And let me just say this. When in doubt, don't. Amen. And sometimes the Bible talks about that when we hear these things, listen, before we go talk to anybody about it, we need to pray about it. Somebody say amen. Because listen, the devil would love to slander somebody's testimony. The devil would love to try to hinder somebody's walk with God. One man went to the 
preacher was apologizing for how he'd been slandering him in the community. The preacher asked him, the preacher accepted his forgiveness. He said, but you want to know what? He said, your slander is done. He said, what's that? He walked out on the porch. The wind was blowing. He took a letter. He ripped it up in all little bitty pieces. He threw that up in the air. The wind began to scatter those pieces all over the yard. And he said, I'm going to try to pick up every one of them. He said, because you come to apologize to me, but what you fail to realize is, is your words have already spread throughout the area. Now, I say to you now, our words hold weight. You know what they thought? Well, you know what we'll do? We'll just slander his testimony. We'll just hinder his word. Listen, I'm nothing wrong about how the devil works a lot of times. He'll try to hinder someone's testimony so that you'll cut them off and not listen to them. Let me say to you tonight that we better pray and make sure that what we're here, and listen, before we go tonight, we better make sure that it's God telling us to do it, not somebody else telling us to do it. Amen? They try to slander his testimony. Listen, they, they come to sell today. They tried scare tactics. Verse 10 after 15. The enemy hires false prophets to try to scare Nehemiah. They go down there and become religious and they hire a, a, a prophet to come on the scene and goes and, and begins to prophesy evil things about Nehemiah. They tried to scare him. Y'all know how the devil, the devil tries to scare us? Devil comes up, big bad one, trying to hinder us, trying to tell us, you realize that if you do this, you're going to be hard coming your way. Dude, fear has hindered a lot of people from doing the will of God. Amen. Preacher, if I do this, how will, how will I be able to do this? How will I be able to do that? Can I just remind you not where God guides, He always provides. I thought I'd get a little better amen than that. Where God guides, He always provides. Amen. If God lays something on your heart to do, you mark it down. The plan of God will never listen. The plan of God will always have the providence of God. Amen. God, listen. God lays it on your heart to do it. I don't know how He'll do it, but I'm glad, thank God, He lays it on your heart to do it. God will always put the pieces together as they need to be. Amen. They'll try to, the devil try to scare you. You know if you do that, your family's going to suffer. You know if you do that, they're going to they're gonna think you're crazy. You know that if you do that, you take that stand, if you, take, if you don't go there, if you don't do that, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Let me just say this is still, it's still right to please God. It still matters that we stand for the Lord and though nobody else stand with us, if God, listen, if we're standing for God, we're always standing for the right reason. Right. What that Paul said, at the end, no man stood with me. He said, but the Lord stood with me. And listen, there may come a time that you may have to stand alone when it comes to your friends, it comes to your family. But I'm glad, thank God, there will never be a time where you'll stand alone without your Heavenly Father because when no man goes with you, He said He'd never leave you nor forsake you. I'm glad now. Listen, you better say, oh no, oh no. Amen. He'll try to scare you. He'll try to slander you. He'll try to trick you and do all kinds of subtle temptations. But you better make your mind up. Those big bad wolf comes and blows. You make your mind up that you're building your house on the right foundation. You're not going to let it turn down. By the grace of God, you're going to stay on the walls. Do what God told you to do. You say tonight, He said, oh no, oh no, because of a satanic plan. He said, oh no, oh no. 
Because of the servant's purpose. There was a reason why. Listen, there was a reason why he said, oh no. Why did he say, oh no? Well, he said, oh no, because he was mindful of his purpose. He said this, it's a great work. You know what he was saying? He said, it's a great work. God is doing something great here. God is doing something miraculous here. God is doing something marvelous here. Let me tell you the reason why the devil was trying to get him off the wall was because God was doing a great work. The reason why the devil was trying to get him to quit because God was doing a great work. Can I tell you, I'm glad, thank God, Nehemiah realized that God was doing the great work. Amen? If Nehemiah had been alive this day, if he'd been alive like a lot of preachers, he'd try to take selfies, he'd try to uh, get his name out there, he'd try to brag on himself, look what I've done, I did this, I accomplished this. But thank God, Nehemiah realized that it wasn't him doing that wall, but there was a God behind the scene that was doing a great work. Can I say to you tonight, Mount Perry Baptist Church going forward, Mount Perry Baptist Church at building the work here, doing what God's called us to do. It's not that our name would be glorified, but it's that God's name be glorified. It's not that my name goes forward, your name goes forward. That we're known for this or we're known for that. But when they look at Mount Perry Baptist Church, they say there's a work there. It's a great work because God is the one doing the great work. Can I say to you tonight, nearby? Knew that his purpose, he was mindful of the work. Let me say this: he was, he was not only with his purpose, he was mindful of his purpose, but he was also maintaining of his purpose. He said, "This: Why should the work cease? Why should I? If the Lord's doing a great work, and I'm not where God wants me to be at, then why should I come off the wall and the work cease?" Right. Amen. He, listen, he realized that God was using his life to do a great thing. And can I say to you tonight, it's not wrong to realize that God's working in your life. It's not wrong to glorify God that he's working in your life. But remind yourself this, your flesh will try to seek the preeminence, but you need to remind yourself that it's God that's doing the work in your life. You know what I mean? I said, why should I come off the wall and the work cease? You do realize that it was Nehemiah that God had raised up to go there and build that wall. Thank God the people got together with him, but God laid that burden on Nehemiah. Nehemiah went there as the one that God had laid that work on his heart. He went there, he went there to that area to begin to tell him, look, this is what God's laid on my heart to do. They didn't get on board right away. They began to realize it was God that had sent them. And they began to Get on board with what God was wanting to do. Amen? But how about this? He realized, we talked about his purpose. He was mindful of his purpose. The maintaining of his purpose. He was also aware of the managing of his purpose. He said, why should I come and leave this great work? Whilst I leave it. You see, he was aware that God had placed him there. You see, he was aware. See, you go look at it. God would, would speak to Nehemiah. He would tell everybody else what to do. It wasn't as a role of dictatorship, but God would speak to Nehemiah. Nehemiah would go relay that message on to the people say, look, this is what God has told us we need to do. This is where we need to build at. This is how we need to do this. And you know what they had, their responsibility was? See, that's what the Lord wants us to do. That's what we'll do. Amen. 
I'm asking it was probably real hard. Amen. I'm asking a place you want to do it. But listen, Nehemiah was placed there for such a time as this. Y'all do realize when God wanted to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, he raised up Moses. When God was going to bring the Ark of the Covenant, you remember he raised up? He raised up David. God has always had a man. Amen. And listen, I'm glad that God is the God man, but hear me and hear me well. Listen, God will have a man, and God, God puts a pastor over church, and those people get up under the burden of that pastor. Amen. That's right. But you know what Nehemiah here? Nehemiah realized that God had placed him there. Y'all realize that God's placed you at Mount Perrin Baptist Church. I hope, I hope you're here tonight because we know God's placed you here. Amen. I've told him this in private. I hope I'm telling you in public. That I appreciate Brother Josh not just being here because of his daddy that was here. But if Brother Wayne goes off the pastor again, I hope you ain't planning on leaving. Amen. I'll give him an illustration. Amen. But if God calls Brother Wayne, he's made his mind up, and this is where God has his family at for such a time as this. Can I say? I hope you're not here tonight because your family goes to this church. I hope you're not here tonight because this is the closest church to your house. I hope, I hope you're not here tonight because this is just a, a, the first church you come to when you start going to look for a church. If that's the case, then you're here for the wrong reasons. I believe a lot of people seek comfort when they go to pray about which church they ought to join. Amen? Amen. When Brother Keith and Sister Nancy started joining, I mean, they, they, they started coming over a year ago. And right before coronavirus started. Amen. And everything started going crazy with coronavirus. Amen. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't know, I, was, I didn't know if I'd ever see them again. Amen. I didn't know. We went through that three or four month period when we were was having church online. I didn't know. But here we are a year later. And I'm glad, thank God, last Sunday, that was the last Sunday of the year. Last year, God allowed them to join. They're here, thank God for it. Amen. I'm glad they listened. They made their mind up. This is where God had placed them at. It wasn't comfortable. It probably wasn't easy. But here they are today because they listened to what God told them to do. Listen, don't do the work because it makes you comfortable. Don't do something because you feel obligated to do it. Amen. There's a lot of churches that guilt trip people into doing stuff. Hey, I don't desire to be one of those preachers. Amen. Amen. I hope you want to do it. I hope nobody has to guilt trip you and take you out of the trash. Amen. Come on, somebody help me now. I hope nobody has to guilt trip you out to pick up a little trash out of the church yard. I hope you got enough unction about you just to do that because you know that's the right thing to do. Amen. I hear somebody, can, can somebody please do this? Can somebody, I mean, can somebody, listen, my brother, uh, when Brother Bruce calls the fire up, get up and go. Amen. If y'all want to see, stay with me. Like when he calls up, get up and go. Hey, come on now. Amen. Say with me, Brother Bruce. Get up there. Let's go. Come on. A lot of times, somebody sounds like an auctioneer. Come on, somebody wants. Go on once. Come on, somebody, please. Come on. Now, please get somebody. Can you, come on, can this somebody do it? Hey, man, come on, come on, come on. Somebody do it. Somebody, please. Somebody. You ought to be eager to do the work of God. You ought to be desiring to do the work of God. It ought to be a joy within your heart that you get to serve God, that you get to serve the truth and the living God. It ought to be a desire in your heart. Amen. Listen, 
listen, if God's given you the ability to sing, sing for the honor and the glorifying of Christ. Amen. 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 If God's given, listen, some people's got to give the vacuum. I don't have that gift. Amen. I try. I know I feel as if you can do that right. I say that again. It's probably more ignorance. Amen. Can I say to you, we don't do what we do. We don't realize that God's working in our life. We don't realize that God has given us a great work to do. I realize, listen, I remind myself that Listen, this is a blessing for my family. Joshua said it tonight. It thrills my heart. He said, we're going to our church. I love our church. That thrills my heart. And that does my heart good. They absolutely love Wednesday night school. They're tickled to death that we're starting back Sunday school. I'm glad my kids desire to do that. Amen. I'm glad my kids want to do that. I'm glad. And I realize that y'all be obedient to God, that y'all built an atmosphere to where my kids would want to come to church. There's a lot of, listen, there's a lot of pastor's kids that listen to the atmosphere so well, they don't want to be there. Because they see how bad mom and daddy's get treated. I'm glad my kids want to go to church. Amen. I'm looking forward to the day God saves them. Somebody says they can say Amen. I don't realize that God has given us a good work. That's the reason why we ought to be ready to say oh no. Amen. That's the reason why we ought not be so eager to come off the wall. That's the reason why that we ought to say, as for me and my family, we're not coming off the wall. We're not going down to the valley. Oh no. God's got to work for us. God's doing the great work. Why should I come off the wall and let the work cease? By the grace of God, we're going to stay right here where God's placed us. God's planted us right here. We're going to grow. For the honor and glorify Christ. He said, Oh no, because they realized the satanic plan. He said, Oh no, because he realized his purpose. But I love this. He really he said, Oh no, because of God's performance. You realize what God did in this in this chapter? The wall was finished. 52 days, right? I don't know if y'all realize this, but that was a great miracle. For that wall to be built in 52 days. And you know what? There was a God that was working behind the scenes. And you know what else? The people had a mind to work. One preacher was, somebody come to him. And they were asking him. They said, tell us about it. They said, God's just working at the church there where you're pastoring. I said, my goodness, and we, we, we hear about it. Uh, God's doing great things at the church. I said, tell us what the secret is. You know, everybody's wanting to know a secret, right? They want to know like, there's some type of secret. Hey, God, we got a book. We got a, we, we got a book. Amen. It's the Bible. Amen. If they want to know how, how in the world, tell us what the secret is. He said, well, I'll tell you this. He said, a hungry preacher got hooked up with a hungry church. What is that? A hungry preacher got hooked up with a hungry church. Amen. Because you all agree, there's a lot of times where a hungry preacher will get hooked up with a church that ain't hungry. And a lot of times there'll be a hungry church that'll get hooked up with a preacher that ain't hungry. But thank God, if you get a hungry preacher that's got a desire to do something for God, and you find that you get a church that's hungry to do something for God, and God's in the midst, and God's the one that's got the preachers, you mark it down, that'll be a great word that's come out of that. That wall was finished because God did the work and the people had a mind to work. That was God's responsibility.
told them to do. And I say to you tonight, I'm glad if God sets us forth to do it, He'll supply every means in order for us to do it. Amen? You know what? If it's God's will for us to have vacation Bible school, God will fulfill that need for us to have it. Amen? Somebody say amen. If it's God's will. And I say to you tonight, He realized that God was doing great work. The wall was finished. He realized God, the wall was finished. I love this. The word flourished. And you see that? This, this great miracle. They realized that this, the Lord did this. This was God's doings. This is marvelous in our sight. This is what God did. They looked back at that wall, and I imagine their breath was taken away as they looked at the wall that was built just where it was 52 days earlier. There was no wall there, but 52 days later, they're standing at the threshold as they're looking up seeing what the mighty work that God had done. But you know what else I like about them saying, don't know? The word flourished, the wall was finished. I love the hound out of this. The wicked were frowning. Oh, Satan bound no divine obligations on their own were pouting. They're on their upset, saying we did our best. I mean, we tried to slander his testimony. We tried to scare him. We tried to hinder him. But Nehemiah would come off the wall. The people wouldn't quit working. They had a shovel in one hand. They had a sword in the other hand. They had a mind to work. And when it was all said and done, we did everything we could. But we could not get them off the wall. In an hour where some people quit left and right, you ought to make your mind up. You want to be a Nehemiah. You want to be a worker on the wall. You don't want to do it for your honor. You don't want to do it for your glory. But you want to do it because you realize that there's a God that's worthy of the work. There's a God that desires the work. You ought to make yourself available and God will use you. The best kind of ability you can have is availability. So here I am, Lord. Use me. Here I am, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, here I am. Send me. Amen. You'd be surprised what the Lord will do in your life. Amen. I'm glad Nehemiah said, oh no, to oh no. I'm glad Nehemiah would not come off the wall. We preached last week about those compromises in Moses' life. Ain't you glad Moses didn't accept the compromise? Ain't you glad Moses didn't accept the compromise of Pharaoh? I'm glad Nehemiah didn't accept the compromise of Ona. But he made his mind up. We're going to stay on the wall. 